The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Down now. It is wonderful to have you here. Before we get started today, we are going to take the opportunity to pray for Bob. Um, I'm going to buy Bob up here. And uh, over a month ago, we invited the church to hear Bob's story and consider him as a as a potential elder candidate for the refuge. Reading in Titus and First Timothy three, where it talks about qualifications for an elder and. Um, in those qualifications, it sets a high bar. It says that one must be above reproach, and um, that is in the character of a person. In the, the what does this person do as a refuge church? We really lean on Acts six, where it says that these leaders in the church should be men of prayer and and men of the word. And so, seeing that in Bob, we just want to. to Pray for him as a church together and invite you to lean on him for those things. Lean on him for prayer and lean on, on him for being a man who can instruct you in truth and, and uh, with you walk towards God. So, Bob, come on up. Um, this is also just, now you know his face, you can invite him over for dinner or, or even more boldly invite yourself over to his house for works, dinner. Too. So let's pray for Bob. Father, thank you for the path that you've laid out for Bob that has led him here. And just the generosity that he lives with, him and his wife live with, with an open home. And even the ways they've so compassionately cared for kids in Port Orchard Friday night after Friday night. Thank you. You have shaped him into a man and he's listened and followed in obedience that doesn't just keep all his blessings to himself, but is just shared with others. Father, I pray that that as the church sees him as an elder, uh, we'll learn to lean on him for that, but he'll also feel the support of prayer and, and honor even as he takes us on. So we pray this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Okay. So, you know, Molly said not everyone was, you know, happy first gathering for us. Uh, a lot of tears. Very awkward moment. So it's good to thank you for your, your kinder reception. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. There was no tears. So we're, <clears throat> we are getting married Tuesday, Hannah and I. And, and leading up to it for the last month, People hearing that I was going to preach two days before the wedding, they were like, really, you're going to preach? And I was like, yeah, it's no big deal. And then last night I was like, why am I doing that? Like, <laughs> why, why did I not get somebody to fill in? So I uh, just threw something together, you know, just whipped it up. No. <laughs> uh, we are starting a community group series for three weeks. We, this is the second year that we've take, taken a break during the summertime. And uh, those who have been faithful in leading and really put out their heart and like trying to gather people. And it can be tough to gather people, you know? And so we, we wanted to give them 
both a chance to be refreshed, but also going to um, this upcoming year, we wanted to, in some ways, recast a, a fresh vision for community groups. Um, over the years, I think community groups have become something where there can be this expectation that, that they're, they're big, um, that you're successful if you have a certain number of people. And, and faithful community oftentimes happens in the most intimate, small settings. Um, oftentimes in groups I've led, it gets to a point where they're almost too big for people to feel like they can share. And so, um, you know, you get 12 plus people and, and all of a sudden you go from it just being like, hey, this is my idea, to you feel like you're, you're public speaking. And, and, and we know that, that more people would rather die than public speak, and so we don't want to put somebody through that, like, uh, you know, <laughs> mortification every week. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the structure of the groups, and then just the overall value and mission of them, as it's rooted in this idea of who God is and, and who he made us to be. Um, so the structure of the groups, and, and if you guys are, is your first time and you're like, this is kind of like family talk, welcome to the family. Um, going into the fall, what it's going to look like is we're going to have three different types of groups. The first is what we're just going to call small groups. Uh, and I realize there's probably some, you know, PTSD for being a part of a small group in the past. Well, but that, for us, that just means it's, it's one to six people with one leader. So you don't need to have two leaders for one of those smaller groups. Um, you know, in the past where we've had, like, you need two leaders to, to have a community group. I mean, imagine a group of three people and there's two leaders. One person would feel very left out. So we just don't want to create that dynamic. And so a small group of one to six, then six to 12 would be what we call a shared group with two leaders. And then above that, um, sending groups. So groups that are really um, looking to ascend a group and not just keep keep getting bigger. So we'll we'll talk more about that in the future, but want you to know the, the structure of them. So community groups, the, the mission of community groups is to be a gathering of people learning to live the word of God, I love you. That's that's what the mission of community groups are. People gathered, learning to live the word of God, I love you. What we mean by that is oftentimes small groups can be unintentionally places that are just like what's seen as these knowledge centers. You, you come to sort of, you know, get an infusion in your head, but, but that, that is it. Well, we, we really want to learn to be people that are communicating love to one another, living from the life of the word that we'll, we'll go through on a weekly basis, looking at the scripture and what it says, but also just learning to say, I love you to one another. Um, now, that might not always come out verbally. It's not like you come in and it's this creepy experience like, I love you, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's learning to speak in ways that, that are vulnerable. Many of us live our lives longing to hear words of, of invitation into, our, in, into someone else's life. Um, I was thinking about, I think about this all the time, I, seriously. As, as a leader of a gathered group of people, I, I think about this constantly because I get the opportunity to, to speak in front of you and, and try to be vulnerable with you. But, but the truth is, I have a challenge, I am challenged 
um, to look at someone in the eye and say the words that they are longing to hear. And the reason for that is because I also am longing to hear that. And so sometimes we can be caught at this impasse. And so we gather as a group and we're, we're almost stuck just saying things that might be shallow because we don't know how to get further. And what it leads to is this, this typical idea of what a small group Bible study gathering looks like. And, and if you need help with that, I'm going to show you a picture that I think illustrates this well. Small group sits in awkward silence for 14 hours waiting for someone to answer the leader's question. So... Um, <laughs> If you, if you were to ask me, like, what is a Bible study or what is a small group? I, I've been in a lot, of great, a lot of great Bible studies, a lot of great community groups, but this is often how it looks like, right? And even if we, like, get in the Bible and we're, like, you know, reading, you know, John 3, 16, and we're, like, God's to love the world, and the leader's, like, okay, who did God love? People are, like, and they're just, like, thumbing. You know, mm. and you're like, you're like, seriously, cheat. Just read, read it. It's like verbalize back to me what we just read. And, and but why, why do we do that? Why do, why do we get to these part in groups where we're just like at this impasse, and we don't want to, we don't want to just discover, or try, or work towards it. And the reason for that is it's, it's scary. Right? It's scary to say something that might be wrong. Or, and and we, we just don't want that to be the nature of these groups. And, and they're, they're not going to be perfect. So we're going to dive into <laughs> what it means, this mission, how we live out this mission of, of being groups of people, a gathering, and are learning to live the word of God, I love you. And so uh, the, the three like, values of community groups that we're going to go through today in the next two weeks, the first is... Tra- uh, traveling and showing others uh, uh, the, way. the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's so good. I started thinking about wedding plans and I just went down that road. And, no. <laughs> traveling and showing others the way. That is the, fir- <laughs> that is the first value of community. Traveling, traveling with others and showing others the way. The second is speaking and hearing the truth. And the third is share joy and share the sorrows of life. To share the joys and the sorrows of life. So first, this traveling together and showing others the way. We're going to tackle that. What does it mean to, to travel together and to show others the way? The first part of this is just, if you're going to show others the way or if you're going to travel on the way, what is the way and where are we going? Right? It's not this just like undefinable, like, let's just go. And you know, you all get in and you're like, where are we headed? So the, all the values of community groups are built upon Jesus' declaration that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And so when we talk about the way, we are, we are talking about who Jesus is being the way and where Jesus is leading us. Jesus said, I am the way. And what he meant was he came down to show us how to be restored in relationship with the Father. So so the way is simply the path towards being restored in relationship with 
God the Father. And if you want to do that, you want to gather around the word of God, which means, interestingly, in the Bible, kind of twofold things. One is just the Bible itself. You want to gather around this book because in this book, it explains both who God is and how to be restored to relationship with him. So if that doesn't matter to you, this book won't matter to you. If you simply want good advice on life, this book isn't the book for you. It is uniquely showing and explaining that there is a God and he invites you into relationship with himself. And we didn't get it. That was all white noise to us. And so Jesus came down, the incarnation, the taking on of flesh, so he could show us, break the ground for us back into relationship with God himself. An example I, uh, I used a couple of years ago was, was that of like if you're hiking on a trail, the person in front, you know how they get all the spider webs and it's just miserable, you know, and everyone else says, this is great. And that person's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the worst day ever. And, and that Jesus going before us and showing us the way took all the spider webs, right? In, in his life, death, and resurrection, all the things that stood as barriers in between us and the Father, he took care of. And so we simply can walk in his way, and that way is to be restored into relationship with God. And so when we're traveling together, that's our heart. When we're inviting others, our heart is to show people Jesus and the way of Jesus. And we'll get into that more as we right, show others. But traveling together, what does this look like? Traveling together is an adventure. By far the worst experience I ever had of traveling with anyone was um, two years ago, well last year actually, last year, uh, I climbed Mount Rainier with a, um, a group of friends. There were six of us going up the mountain and it was a terrible experience. Um, and, and it would have been, I think, better if we didn't have to stay together. Let me explain. So once you get past Climbers Camp on Mount Rainier, you have to rope up. And, and roping up is miserable. Uh, basically, when you rope up with another person, you are either holding them back or they're holding you back. There's just like, like, I'm sure people can get to the point where they like know how to do it, but I was just terrible at it. But you have to rope up for safety. Now, there's three lessons I learned from roping up. The first one was this, that I had no clue what I was doing. And that's really humbling because, guys, I like owned a Subaru at one point in my life. Like I wear flannel sometimes. Like people think I know what I know what I'm doing on a mountain. I don't. And so, <laughs> and so it's really humbling when you like have to rope up with somebody and you're like, you're like standing there and they're like tying you in. You're like, that's cool. You know, and you just feel like a child. And, but the reality is I, I had no clue and I had to admit that I had no clue, right? And, uh, and there are still sometimes, because I, I, I don't want to admit it, I pretend like I haven't a clue, you know? It's a... <laughs> Does this happen in your life? You know, where people are like, man, you're awesome at this. You probably know. And you're like, yeah, I kind of know. And like in your head, you're like, I would die. Uh, and, and that's what it was like roping up, is I had to admit that I had no clue. And that's humbling. Uh, when people think you know you have a clue, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying. The second thing is that to rope up keeps you moving forward. 
So, so when you're roped up with somebody, you don't want to be the person who's holding everyone back. But literally, if you just slow down for like five steps, the rope gets tense. And you, this person who also is climbing this massive piece is going to look back at you and share very choice words that I cannot say in this sermon. And, and, and they're going to motivate you forward. That was the second lesson I learned. Being roped up, being a part of a group, keeps you moving forward. And and the third thing is this. It does keep you from dying if you fall in a crevasse. I did not fall in a crevasse. It was actually a climb that we didn't need to be roped up because we just stepped over crevasses. It was a thing. But if you fall down in a crevasse, the result, if you are not rescued... By and large, you can just you know, fall, break something, and get ground into sand over the next millennia. And that is also not a great option. So, so you want to stay roped up so you don't fall and die, right? How does this apply to staying together as a community? Well, listen to this. When we gather as community groups, it is imperative that we are able to admit when and where we just don't have a clue. Right? Too often, community groups, small groups, officers are just terrible because people come and they don't say anything because they're afraid that they'll be revealed for not having a clue. But you're not going to get anywhere that way. You're never going to get to the top of the mountain. Right? You're never going to get places in life because it's helpful to be able to say, hey, these are, these are my weaknesses. These are my vulnerabilities. This is, this is where I lack knowledge. Can, can someone help? And the second thing is it keeps you motivated. Too often in our lives, we're those people that are just at a standstill, right? And we've, 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 we've not roped up with somebody who will turn around and use choice words and motivate us forward, right? And, and they can look at us and, and say, hey, hey, we're not going to get where we want to get together if you keep acting the way you do. And, and, and we need that in our lives. Yeah. You know, we need a little finger wave. Like, yeah. um, and the, the third thing, learning from this, is when we fall, we need somebody to shove their ice axe in the ground and keep us from falling and pull us out of the crevasse. And, and I, so some of you, you're, you're getting lost. You're like, okay, you just lost me at Mountain, and I, <laughs> I, got, yeah, I, just, I stopped listening to you. Um, <laughs> this applies to a lot of areas in our lives. I, I want to point you to the, the people of God uh, as they... They got to enjoy Jesus, God incarnate. And, and when, when Jesus gave his life for us, and this small group of people, they were just disbanded, right? Literally, they, they, what had kept them together was their own thoughts of having a clue, really. It wasn't Jesus, it wasn't his way. They, they loved living in the radiance of Jesus, but they hadn't, they hadn't embraced it and his message that, that they were meant to stick together and be one with one another as he was one with the Father and he wanted to be one with them. But when, when Jesus gave his life, they just, they disbanded. They, they, it says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter, and they did, they scattered. When Jesus came, and we, we rose from the dead. He spent 40 days with them. It was this beautiful time where they, they started living his way and not their own way. And what that produced in them was this radically different life. It was the life of being Jesus people, 
not just their own people. And, and you see the fruit of this in Acts 2, 42 to 47, and this is how it reads. It says, these people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, and every day they continued meeting together in the temple courts. They broke bread in homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So these were people who learned to live the words of Jesus, I love you. Jesus, when he lived among them, shared things with them like, they will know you are my followers if you love one another. He said, I came not to serve, be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He says, greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. And this is the way they were learning to follow. This is the way they roped up together. And that's our challenge to community groups, not just to be people who are <laughs> pretending we have a clue, showing their best sides, but people learning to live in the way of Jesus. Now, going, going to the next part, not only traveling, but showing others the way, what does that look like? And I think what's most helpful in this is talking about what that doesn't look like. Because I think too often we get very screwed up by not admitting how screwed up we are, even as followers of Jesus. Too often we point to ourselves as the way instead of Jesus as the way. And what this looks like, and I hope this makes sense to you guys because I've seen it happen way too often. What it looks like is as Christians we're like, Christians have a lesser divorce rate than people who aren't, or, or all these things, and we hold up these things, or like, look at that person, Billy Graham, they're aw- or Mother Teresa, they're awesome, so you should be a Christian because they're awesome. And so what we start saying is things that aren't the way. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> marriage gets on the rocks, someone you love, somebody part of your community group has experienced a divorce, whatever that is, and all of a sudden, you making that the way, which has been a big distraction from who Jesus is, because what Jesus says is you need to be saved. You need to be saved just as much as the person next to you. You need to be rescued just as much as the person next to you. You, in a community group, aren't more rescued unless you're just living by faith in him. And and all that you have available is to go, come on, let's follow him because he's broken all the cobwebs for us. I can't break any cobwebs for you, but but he has. And so we want to be in his way. (laughs) So I was sharing with the the group earlier, the only real uh, stipulation we have for, for leaders of community groups other than that you're someone who's come and followed the way of Jesus, is that you really know how screwed up you are. And so you won't, you won't pretend like you're better than the next person who's going to come and be like, hey, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> and they might ask a question that you're like, man, yeah, let's try to figure this out together. So showing people the way means that you are showing them Jesus. You're not just trying to show them your best side because you know what's going to happen? they're going to see your screwed up side at some point, and if you have presented yourself as the way, they're like, wow. 
You wrestle with a lot of the same things I wrestle with. You're figuring out a lot of things. Like, like when you say faith, it doesn't mean you figured everything out. That makes sense? Amen. So when, when faith doesn't mean I've figured everything out, but faith literally means like, like I've put my trust in him, like I'm confident that, that God exists and he, he is who he says he is in the scripture and that he has loved me so much that he has rescued me so I can be in relationship with him again. I don't know, I don't understand all, everything else. Like, there's a lot I don't get, but, but to have this safety in your traveling companions, the people that you're roped up with, to be able to go like, hey, I don't get it. Like, like my rope fell off, and, and I'm clueless, even though I know how to hike a mountain, I don't know how to be safe. <laughs> right? And so I need help. So, why we are starting our lesson on community group in this way is I just want to I want to challenge you guys to ask this question where are you going what is your way leading to who are you following and don't say me don't say whoever is le- like people aren't the way <laughs> I am very screwed up Jesus is the way is that who you're following do you, do you know what that means to say he is your way. and does it, Do you know what that means to follow him? And then showing others, are you showing others Jesus or do you keep trying to show people your better side? <laughs> isn't enough, your better side isn't enough. And what I mean by that isn't like enough to be loved. You are lovely, wonderful people. <laughs> what I'm saying, it's not, it's not enough to save somebody else, rescue somebody else. God's given us a, a lot to share with one another, but ultimately, In showing us himself in the person of Jesus, he's invited us to come. And so together, community groups are places that we learn to come to Jesus. So that is what I want for you. The next two weeks, we're giving you guys an opportunity to, if you'd like to sign up, to be someone who facilitates or leads community groups. Um, uh, Whether that's the the small group or a shared group, I wanted to just challenge you to consider that. And if, if facilitating group seems terrifying to you, I want to invite you to just think about what it would look like to, to share that time with somebody. Um, maybe you've taken that risk before and it was terrible. That's very possible. Probably all of us have been there where, where we were part of a group that we felt less safe than more safe. Um, so we want to invite you into that learning together. Um, and in this meantime that we're doing that, I want to challenge you and just say, what is the way you're on? And if you say Jesus is the way, what does that mean? And as you learn to embrace that and live that, you will realize he wants all of you, he wants you to share all of you, both the screwed up sides of yourself and the good sides of yourself. He wants all of you. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time and space that we can just hear. I pray that I've been faithful with your word, what you're calling us to, but there's not a lot of times in life that we, we just really get to listen and maybe be still, quiet, present. If we could ask even now, God, that you would give us just the gift of, 
a truth to hold on to and to wrestle with. I pray that we will find people to rope up with and enjoy to share our joys and sorrows with. God, if we've been people that haven't lived your, according to your word or haven't been interested at all in being restored to relationship with you, put that burning desire in our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.